You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that's convinced it'll be great for your portfolio. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is award-winning photographer Ivan O'Sullivan of Day 23 Photography. Hi, how you doing? Hey, Ivan, how's things? Not bad at all. Uh, warm. That's what they are. They're very warm. Warm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really warm in my apartment. It's like, it's like sitting in a very, very... Um, Nicely decorated oven. It's uh, it's really good. It's really warm. It's a lovely day to be working indoors. Oh yeah, I'm delighted that my office is in the back of an apartment that can't see any windows. I'm really happy on days like this. <laughs> so, Ives, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what kind of stuff that you do. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been called a photographer. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go bandying that uh, label around too much, but yeah. Um, well, I'm a musician first and. And I used to do some horror modeling uh, a long time ago. And um, I got kind of tired of always directing pictures and kind of coming, coming up with ideas all the time. So I just decided that, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll step behind the lens myself and see what happens. And um, a buddy of mine called uh, Rachel Corcoran, she wanted some shots done for her uh, album artwork. And she messaged me and gave me a shot list. And I thought she was looking for my opinion on them. And I was like, oh, yeah, it looks kind of cool. And that's kind of cool. And she was like, no, 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 I actually want you to take them. I was like, oh, listen, I've never actually done that before. Are, are, you, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, yeah, do, do. So, so yeah, so I went out and we did it. And um, they, they went well. She was really happy with them. And um, I ended up doing a few more and a few more. And then I got convinced to uh, create a Facebook page, which I did. And then, then come up with a name for it, which I did. And, and um, that was kind of it, really. I kind of... I kind of like to shoot people that wouldn't necessarily take be in photo shoots and I like to work with every, every kind of person. And if someone tells me that they've been told no by another photographer, then I instantly want to give them want to shoot with them. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the whole deal really. There's not a hell of a lot of magic to it. <laughs> he says modestly. No, but it's true. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's a lot of magic to it to be fair. Um, I, I mean, all the work is done by the models in fairness. Well, I mean, I, I'd have to disagree with you on that just because I've worked with you personally. <laughs> and so I, I've seen what, you know, what I do and then what you throw on top of that. Ah, yeah, but I couldn't do what you do. What do you mean? You used to be a model. Yeah, but I couldn't paint. <laughs> ah, yeah, but I'm not talking about paint here. I'm talking about, you know, even just modeling for a, a shot and then, you know, you work your magic on top of that. Like that's, that's like rocket science to me, you know? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a graduate of the school of YouTube, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I am. It's weird. Like a few years back, um, I was in, I've been, I go back and forth to Los Angeles a good bit. And, um, a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, was a, an actual model, like a proper Calvin Klein model. This guy was, you know, he's one of these guys, you meet him in person. You're like, how can you be this good looking in person this is ridiculous and then you expect him to be a real moron and he was hilarious and really funny really witty and a really great guy and what he had done is he had stopped modeling and became a professional fashion photographer mm-hmm. and i was saw his stuff and i was like my god this is incredible and he's a south african guy and his name was lyle aston and i was like my god that's such an amazing how'd you do this and he said to me he said what he would do 
is he would, well, obviously being on, on major professional shoots, he would watch how the guys do things and he'd learn that way. But what he'd do was he'd look, look at the photograph and then try and deconstruct it. Same way as like I'm in a, I'm in a band, a musician, and what I, out of years of being a musician, a lot of the habits that I have, I listen to a song and just out of, just out of habit, I pull it apart in my head. How does this, how did they, what, what was the germ of this song? What was it? Was it a hook that came first? Was it the beat? Was it the vocals? I'm just trying to guess how they put it together. Um, you're not always right, but sometimes you like to see how they kind of, how things hang together. So you look at the picture that you want to do, you go, I really like that photo. I like how that's done. So how was that done? So then you'd look, how did they make the sky that way? How was the model this way? You try and deconstruct it to, to try and learn how, how to do it. And so you go onto YouTube and say, I want to know how to, you know, turn someone's hair blue, you know, when their hair is red. And it'll show you how to do it in Photoshop, or I want to know how to do a green screen cutout, or I want to do a chroma key, or I want to know how to paint something in, and all that kind of stuff. How do I change the background without changing the foreground? And all those different things. YouTube is great for that because there's just people out there who are amazing at Photoshop and they spend loads of time creating really good videos for it. And it's all free. Now, there's some ones you can subscribe to and that's fine. You can do those too. And tutorials, I never did any of those. I just went on and just went, I want to know how to do this and just Google it and see, now that doesn't apply. Okay, that one applies. And then just follow it through and spend ages like, you know, doing it step by step. So mm -hmm. yeah, like it, there's no magic to it. <laughs> <laughs> Simple and you know how. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, that's, that's, that's exactly it. It's simple. As you kept saying to me all that time, fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Smile and nod politely. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, and, and, like, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I wasn't like a, a fashion model. I mean, I was a horror model. So what I did was look really frightening. <laughs> that was easy. I just had to just look like me. And um, <laughs> it, it just worked perfectly. I was like, my God, how did you make that face? I'm like, it just covers the front of my head. There's not much more you can really do with it. So um, I just stood there and got covered in blood and would snarl at people. And it was effective. And how did you get into that? Um, well, I actually saw, uh, so I was in a band at the time, and a proper, you know, metal band. And I was the front man of the metal band and, you know, you know, all, you know, all heavy and scary and stuff. And um I saw a photography group on Facebook called Red Tree Studios. And I just mm -hmm. loved the horror stuff. I thought it was fantastic. And I wanted them to do a photo shoot with the band. And them turned out to be Carl and Mike. And so I messaged them. And I went in and visited the studio. And I didn't understand where he said, listen, our studio is not big enough to fit a, a, a band in for a shoot. So I went to see it. And it was, it was tiny. It was like a broom closet. But it was all kind of cool. And it was all really kind of funky stuff. And I said, okay, Graham. I said, well, we, I'd love to work with you at something. And they're like, okay, grand. And then I landed a, an endorsement deal with a pedal company that I was using, an effects pedal company for my base. And I said, I have a great idea. I'll do a really good promo shoot for the pedals with this, with these guys with Red Tree. So I messaged with Carl and I said, listen, would you do a promo shoot for me? And he goes, absolutely, but only if you let me come up with the concept. And I went, yep, fine, no problem at all. So they buried me up to my neck in dirt and had me crawling out of the ground like a zombie reaching for the pedal. And I could look really scary and freaky. And I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And I sent it to the pedal company. They thought it was amazing. It was in loads of magazines. It was doing great. And then about three weeks later, Carl rang me and said, do you want to be in a photo shoot? You have the perfect face for a killer. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, oh okay. Um, that sounds interesting. And then he says, are you okay with nudity? And I went, what, mine? And he goes, no. I said, yep, that's fine then. No problem with other people's. Um, and that was it. My first shoot down, I was... Um, 
I was ripping someone open and eating their heart out. And it was quite horrific and got banned off lots of things. And I was, <laughs> I was absolutely terrified because they all knew each other and I didn't know anybody. And, uh, and I walked and, you know, you know, you think you're prepped for it. You think you're all ready to go. And the model was brilliant. Her name was Jennifer Hillick. She was fantastic. And, you know, they stretched her up from her legs and she was, you know, everything was showing. And then she was ripped open with latex and I was kept away until the very last second. And, you know, modesty, all modesty is preserved. Everyone's covered in blankets. I walk in, the blanket's removed, and I'm standing there with a knife and fork and I stuck her with the fork by accident. And I was trying, <laughs> trying not to look. I was like looking at the wall and trying to look mean and it was all getting given direction and within like five minutes like click 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 right we're done get out and I was kicked out again and then she was all cleaned up and I had to get my I was in makeup for like two hours to get this look mm-hmm. and um it was brilliant and then the lad the picture came out and then I was delighted with it and I ended up uh becoming a becoming a minor very minor alt area celebrity then and uh I ended up in loads of pictures and I was this um underground personality then called the executioner which was a uh, which is lots of fun. Um, and you got some really unusual requests, <laughs> some really unusual <laughs> pictures, pretty much all of which I went, no. And um, really hoping the guards never read any of my instant messages because they were just, I want you to do this to me. I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> so, so yeah, but, um, and it became then that like, I, I would be anything. I would do any kind of picture. And then uh, the, the more grotesque and horrific, the better really. And um, so I got banned numerous times and it was fun. And then, and then I ended up I getting asked to do other shoots and outside Red Tree. I was in I did loads of those guys. It was brilliant. And then I ended up getting asked to do other shoots and more shoots. And then photographers had asked me to do a shoot. And I'd end up coming up with the idea and the concept and the model. And then finally make a artist. And I ended up doing all the work behind it. And then even directing the shoot. And I'm on and going, well, how about we do it this way? Or we do it this way? And then after a while, I was just like, oh, why don't I just do it myself, really? Um, mm-hmm. You know, give it a go. And say about... In 2006, I went. I did a trip around the world, and I, I got a camera off a friend of mine who's a professional photographer. I said, "I want to buy, I want to do this," and he was like, "Well, you know, buy this camera. This lens would be great for your trip, entry level stuff." And I was like, "Fine," and I did it. And I had no idea how to edit them, and I didn't do anything with them, and I just kind of left them there. And then, for about 10, 12 years, I never touched the camera. And I did. I had a camera in my hand for six months, and then when I came back, I never touched it again. And then when I, when I started taking pictures, in about four, it was actually four years ago this summer, I, I went back and I said, you know, well, maybe I'll try edit those. And um, I, I gave it a whack. And because, um, as you know, I'm colorblind. So editing in color is just guesswork for me. So I was really, I shot in black and white for ages. And then I kind of went to my forays into color. And so I've kind of my own system had to get around that now. But uh, I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous doing it in color, doing anything in color, really. But uh, I, do, I try my best. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, your pictures, they always have this. I mean, they're never, the colors are never off. It's kind of this unique, it's almost as, as if you have like the Ives filter. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you see, I passed that through the friends filter when I showed them. Because <laughs> I showed it to my friends and they go, right, her face is pink or her face is yellow. And there's a, something on there that I can't see. So then I have to go and I, I guess what I've done wrong. So, I mean, like. Although I'm colorblind, like I know the sky is blue, grass is green, you know, that kind of stuff. So mm. I, I just use sliders and like I can look at it and I go, I'm, I'm adding 10% more blue into this picture or I'm taking 10% of red out of this picture for, for, for want of a, an, an easier way of explaining my, my work process. That's what I do essentially. And then sometimes it doesn't always work. Or they go, listen, she's got a greenish tint on her. I'm like, oh, what have I done there? So I'll show it to my wife and I'll, sometimes I'll even show it to you. 
I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? And they oh, maybe your face is overexposed. And I'll go back. So some of it is, a lot of it is the color work, a lot of it's guesswork. Black and white is much easier medium for me because I don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. So much an extent. But um, yeah, so working in color can be, can be daunting. Yeah, well, I mean, you do it really well, though. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. So you have a very, like, you have a very unique style in that you, you can almost look at one of your pictures and say, okay, that's, that's an Ives picture. Um, so do you want to talk about that kind of like the style that you shoot in? Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't aware of any of this until people told me. I just kind of shot what I like. And, and even when, like, I'd say people are, no, I still think I'm starting out. So I don't think I've, I'm any great knowledge base on, the, on this. But a few folks have said to me, you know, um, I want to start taking pictures or whatever. And my first advice to anybody it's just shoot what you like. Just shoot what you want. Don't set out to do a certain thing. A certain thing will find its way. It's like, it's like music. Play what you want. Play what you feel. And same photography. Shoot what you want. Some people are great at shooting the landscapes. Some people are great at shooting portraits. Landscape photography and stuff that never captured me. I'll take a few when I'm out. But it's not something I'd go out of my way to do. Like I wouldn't be getting up at six in the morning trekking up a mountain to catch that sunrise. Um, I wouldn't particularly think I'd have the skill set to do that where some guys are amazing at that and they're brilliant and they, they, it looks absolutely stunning. So you, you do what you want and then when you gravitate to the style that you like, then you, then, you, know, you start to, to shape that and, and, um, and control it you know, and, and get better at it. So I mean, like my, my style, I think there, I've been told that there's, a, there's kind of a dark element in the style I shoot. And I think that's, but that's also born out of the people I use in, in my shots and my friends and models. I mean, I was a lot of, I was very well ahead of the game when I started because um, I knew so many models from working with so many models. So I already had this deep breath of people that I could reach into and go, listen, I want to do a shot. Do you want to be involved? Oh, and you get to keep your clothes on. Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, <laughs> you know, because there'll all be alt models who are all used to posing nude and whatever, which is brilliant, which is great for that. But that's not something I've ever wanted to do. There's so many people doing that. They don't need another person doing it, you know, and I wouldn't really think I'd bring anything to that genre, but it wouldn't be something I'd be interested in. So, mm-hmm. so whenever I'd ask other people to do it, they were like, absolutely. So therefore you're already ahead of the game. You've got a good reputation of working with people and they know who you are. So there you go. You, you've already broken down that part. So, I, so when I kind of started to, to start putting stuff online, I'd already got some well-known models who are in it. So I was, I was a bit of a head of it that way. And it does all happen to be alt models or, you know, alternative, lots of tattoos, rockers, goths, whatever kind of stuff. I'm a rocker myself. And so they're the kind of people I would gravitate towards. And so when you use people who have, I want to say, not like a dark aura, but already are into more darker themed things than the regular folks would be, your pictures tend to take on that kind of connotation to some extent. And, um, yeah, yeah, I've been told I kind of have that uh, that kind of vibe, and the subgenre of goth in nature, which is what I tend to do a lot as well. Um, lot, lots of goths in forests, and <laughs> 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 or goths by the sea, or goths by ruins, or you know, goths on the road. It just tends to be that that kind of uh, you know, where's Wally in nature? Except there's a goth you're looking for, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it just turns out it just turns out that way. But it, it's something I like. I enjoy it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And you do quite a bit of horror photography as well. Yeah, I mean, because I was a horror model for so long, I kind of steered away from it. Everyone expected me to do it. So the minute I started taking pictures, everyone expected me to do some horrible, horrible things. And I really had no interest. I mean, at the time, I didn't. I just kind of stayed away from it. It didn't 
piqued my interest. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I mean, even in the band, I don't like I write all the ballads, <laughs> for want of a better word. I always wrote ballads. I never wrote metal songs, even though I was in metal bands all my life. Uh, I come up with the lighter riffs, and the other guys with the heavier stuff. So, as a photographer, it's funny that gravitates towards that. I would come up with the lighter theme stuff as opposed to the darker theme stuff. So I was kind of losing interest a bit there about two years ago. And I was like, how do I, you know, it was always a creative outlet for me that I didn't get anywhere else. Uh, Cause being in a band is all about compromise where this is something I do for me. I don't have to compromise anybody. It's my visions. It's my ideas. They're, they're mine. And I'd kind of saturated that. I'd, I'd done enough. I was like, I'm kind of, I've satisfied that creative urge. What, what do I want to do? Do I want to stop? Do I want to get into it? I said, you know what? I think for Halloween, I'll do, I'll do, a, I'll do some horror shots. So I thought of a couple of horror shots and I did a series of them for Halloween, not last year, year before. And it was, they were great. They got a huge response. Some people freaked out at them. One or two were too real. <laughs> I got a lot of, I had somebody's grandparent give out to me saying that she looked too dead. And I was like, well, it's not a testament to her performance that she did the makeup. She looked brilliant. Um, but yeah, that was that that was kind of a warning that, you know, to have some sort of fantasy element so people don't think you've actually just killed somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, we shot that up in the mountains. Uh, there's a lovely model called Aoife O'Brien. And um, we shot that up the mountains at like 7 a.m. It was like one degree. It was freezing. And uh, middle of nowhere, up in the military road, she hops out, looks dead, all bent out of shape. She's been hit by a car. And I'm standing over her shooting her. Just then, a van drives by, like in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no. <laughs> so the van drives by, and I go, hey, thumbs up. And she doesn't move, and he drives off. And then five minutes later, he just tr- slowly drives back. Like, <laughs> is everything okay? And she sits up and waves, like, no, we're okay. We're fine. We're fine. Because it looked like I just hit it with my car, and I was just photographing what I just done. <laughs> so um, we both waved, and he was like, oh, grand. And he drove off, which was kind of cool that he kind of checked up on it. So that was a lesson learned. Don't have it so real. Um, there's there's fun elements to making it look scary, but when it actually looks like a real thing, that's that's not so fun. So um, I dialed it back a fraction and going forward, and you know I I I um I won an award for one of the pictures, which was brilliant. I got nominated for another one, so I was delighted. I mean, I the one I won an award for took me twenty minutes to do. And I was like, really? I won I that's only twenty minutes. So I, 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 I was I was just like that that didn't take a lot of effort, and then um. And then it became a theme. It was like, well, you want to do more? you want to do more? And I was like, well, I'll do them every now and then. And, and you know, Carl from Red Tree gave me some great advice. He's like, don't shy away from it. If you want to do it, do it. You know, if you want to do some horror stuff, do them. Don't try and shy away from it. So I was like, okay, all right. And so I did some more last year, which you were, you were involved in two more. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, award, awards for one of them, which was brilliant. And um, they, they were great, you know, and um. I think when all this lockdown changes, we have a couple more we've got to we've got to do, um, and yeah. So, I mean, you, you get people messing me going, "I want to do a horror shot," and I'm like, "Well, you know, if you shot before, no. Well, maybe this is not the best thing to do for your first time because they're tricky, they're they're hard to do, um, they're hard to convey fear and anger, pain, or whatever it is if you've never done it before, and they 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 can cost money to do and time to set up, and you know, you want it to be a success. You know, you don't want the model to feel like she's letting you down or she's doing a bad job when she's just never done it before. So, you know, it's um, having been on both sides of the lens and those, I know how tricky they can be. Um, so, yeah, so I always kind of steer away. Do a few other ones first. Get comfortable with who you are before you put yourself out there in a very raw, um, you know, very raw, open kind of way. 
Mm-hmm. And this, this is actually something that I've, I've seen you do in the past is that when you work with somebody new, you do, you, you do like a photo shoot where it's, it's just them as they are. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, yet again, that's also born out of necessity. So when I was learning to shoot, I was just doing like all photographers do, you shoot outside first because natural light's there. It's easy to control. When you bring it into the studio, that's when it gets hard to control. You have to control the lights. You have to know where the light's going. You have to know where it's hitting your subject and all that kind of stuff. I had the clue. I was like, oh, flash, we no idea. So um, so I wanted to photograph my friends, you know, and I wanted to do nice black and white shots of them. So I bought this kind of portable studio, and luckily enough, I'm in a band, and I'm able to have, we have our own space. So the guys were nice enough to let me set up there. And then during the winter, I was doing some black and white shoots of people. And I wanted it to be a very specific thing, that it was just them. No fancy clothes, no awesome makeup, no cool looks, just them, just, just who they are. And... Uh, catch them as they are and it was really it kind of born out from using a lot of the alt models with all the tattoos and stuff that they were always a certain way in pictures i wanted to capture them as people so you catch them laughing joking and whatever and then um it kind of snowballed into that then and because then i started working with people i didn't know and then i was like well i'm not gonna go up the mountains with somebody and it turns out to be an awful shoot you've just wasted a great idea and then you gotta go all the way home with this person who you can't stand so the best way to do it was i do a, a shoot then in, in the studio and if it's going really well then great you get a great result if it's not going so well you can kind of end it soon enough and also for a first shoot it's very difficult if you say i want to do my first photo shoot and say grandma well, we're going to do this shoot here in a bridge and like oh that's a great idea but then you've loads of people walk around and they're very nervous and they won't pose and they get all scared the best way to do it is if you do it in a controlled environment you know you their friend you're sitting there you're doing the shoot no one's around everyone's just relaxed it's easy they get a more of a relaxed, natural reaction out of them. And they get used to the camera. And it's not so alien. Because it's not a natural thing to have a camera stuck in your face. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't have it in your face every day. And, you know, doing it in a controlled environment where the model is feeling comfortable is always better than trying to do it outside for the first time. Yeah. And so then that would that help you then with, so when I know when you're doing photo shoots, you have the idea is all fleshed out. And so would you when you get an idea for a photo shoot, would you have someone specific in mind? Yeah. Like usually the ideas for the outdoor ones or any kind of themed color ones or anything like that would come from my initial shoot with them in the first place. And I go, they would look great doing this, or this would look well doing this. And sometimes I'll have a specific idea and I'll have a specific type of person in mind for it. Long hair, short hair, whatever it would be. And there I'll, I'll present them. It's like cast in a movie almost. You go, listen, I have this great idea. Would you be interested in it? And some people would be great for some ideas, some people aren't, you know. Um, and that's not just, who, it's not to do with who, what they look like. It's just, I want somebody tall. I want somebody short. You know, it's just, that's kind of how it works. And um, so it flesh out the idea that way. And because I, I have the idea in my head, I have a very specific shot in my head. I have it planned out how I'm going to do it, how the angle is going to be all before I go and do the shoot, no matter where it is. The black and white indoor ones are more free-for-all. They're much more free-flowing. They're a bit of fun. The outdoor ones are meticulously planned to exactly how the model looks, sits, stands, turns, everything. I have it all down pat. So I'll have a series of three to four pictures completely mapped out how I want to do it. And once I've got them, then we can have some fun. Then we can mess around the order bits and pieces. And because I do it that way, I work really, really fast. So 
sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sure changing someone. Like to get all ready, all the makeup, hours get it done, and I'm finished in half an hour. <laughs> it's like, no, I've got it all done now. And they're like, oh my God, that was so fast. And I just, because I don't mess about. Like I just, I kind of do it, shoot it, and leave. Um, I don't need 24 versions of the same thing. Um, and I kind of, I've also, I kind of got that from Carl as well. I mean, the, the, they'd spend hours in Red Tree doing huge setups, really big sets, build them all up, hours in makeup, like like special effects makeup, hours getting done. You'd stand up there, click, 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 we're over. And you're like, that was like five minutes, that's it. But that's all you need. Once you have it, you don't need to be going through 50 versions of the same thing. Her eyebrow was one centimeter higher in this one than the last one. What do I do? So, yeah, so that's kind of, it's kind of born out of that. So sometimes when models come up from the country to do a shoot with me, I feel awful that I'm finished in half an hour. Then they've just spent four hours on a bus. I'm like, oh, no, damn. So I'll try So I'll try and work that, that I'll do two or three with them that day, like a, a black and white one and then an outdoor one, just so you kind of feel like they're getting something out of doing a photo shoot. That's not ended in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, this, well, I mean, this is the thing that even I've, I've found, you know, from photo shoots, because I would spend... I mean, four or five hours body painting myself. And then, you know, you do a 20 minute photo shoot and you have to go home and wash the whole thing off. And if you're lucky, you might get like two or three pictures out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've done that with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, but I mean, with you, you have a very specific way of doing things with that. You know, the shots you want, you know how they're going to look. And that, so that way you can, you know, you know exactly how many photos you're going to have from that. And it's it's almost nice in a sense that you know what you're getting. Whereas a lot of the time with with other photographers, they kind of they stand around and I'm not quite sure what I want, but I'm going to take a bunch of pictures, and maybe I'll take you know some photographers even take a hundred pictures, and they might send you two. Yeah, I mean, like a lot, as I say, everyone's got different ways of doing it. I mean, a lot of people throw ideas at the wall and see what sticks. For me, I have to. I have to see it almost 90% in my head first. So therefore, when I start to edit it, I'm editing towards an end goal. I'm not just throwing things at it to see, well, maybe this looks good if I add this and add this, and then I've got something at the end of it. I usually have a very specific idea on how I want it lit or changed or, or whatever done. I already kind of have that before I attempt to do the shoot. Now, some of the green screen stuff, stuff I do, I'll have an idea, but that will always morph and change as I'm creating the background or putting you in the background or whatever. Um, so that can be a little bit different. There'll be a germ of an idea, but the green screen, then you have to kind of create it all yourself. So I've, I've done that as well. But the out, outdoor shoots, like I do the theme, the theme shoots outside, I usually have three to four very, very specific ideas in my head and how to work towards those. And then anything after that, then is just a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And for anybody, say, who was starting out doing photography or modeling or anything of that avenue, what advice could you give them? Be yourself. Look out, learn, ask questions. You know, the, 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 there's no great secret. You know, there's no, um, there's nobody telling you you can't. YouTube is your friend. Um, and start with anything. You know, my first photo shoot was done on my phone. And I fooled a couple of really well-known, well, photographers that I knew. I, I showed them a picture I took with a camera and pictures I took with my phone and they couldn't tell them apart. So, um, you know, if you want to start off, start off with your phone. You know, take pictures with your phone. Take pictures of what you like. Always do what you like. Um, and be realistic what you want to get out of it. You know, if it's doing it for a hobby, then do what makes it do what's fun. If you want to go towards um, making it a business, then, you know, you maybe have to do a few other things with it. But but start out enjoying it. 
No, it's meant to be fun. Everyone has a day job that they hate. So you don't want your hobby to turn into something that you hate as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Well, yeah, you can check out my Facebook page, my Instagram page. Um, there, there, out there in the in the bad, big bad world. Um, like everybody at the moment, I've got no new content, so I'm plunging the depths of my old pictures to try and give new leases of life to them. So um, I took a break from posting there for the last two days, but I'll be back up again from tomorrow. Where can people find your Instagram? What's your handle? My, my handle? Oh, well, <laughs> um, un, uh, unimaginably, my handle is uh, day23 photography <laughs> um, on Instagram, but it's like day underscore 20 underscore three underscore photography, and then just day23 photography on Facebook. Um, spelled day 20, so not, not the numbers, the words. Um, so D A Y T W E N T Y. So, yeah, that's why. That, that's. Yeah. It's up there. You're going to hate me for making you spell it out because what we're actually going to do is we're going to put the link in the description. Right. Okay. So <laughs> it's D-A-Y underscore T-W-E-N-T-Y underscore T-H-R-E-E underscore P-H-O-T-O-G-R-P-H-Y. <laughs> I think I left out an A there somewhere. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> God damn my E in English. <laughs> it's all right. We'll include the link in the description. Yeah. I was Color, just messing with you. Colorblind dyslexic. Any else you want to throw in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, th- this has been great. <laughs> I know, it's been great. It's, it's been really nice. Um, I've only been interviewed once before about this, so I'm well used to interviewed, being interviewed by being a musician, and I can talk for hours about that rubbish. But... um. Yeah, this is my only second time ever doing this, so thank you very much for asking. No problem. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap it up? Um, no, well, everyone just stay safe, you know, stay at home. It's at the end of the world. It could be worse places you could be stuck. Solid advice. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine you've done something really bad and the sky daddy has grounded you. <laughs> Ives, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdtoknowmedia.com. We stream weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd To Know Media production. 